0: 60 games! That is what we had this season, ladies and gentlemen. If you would have asked me back in January, how much would you want to bet that we would have a 60-game season? I would have told you you're fucking crazy. Back when they were negotiating in April, I thought it was insane. But this is what we got. We got 60 games this season. The postseason is finally here. Today was the last day of the regular season. And as promised, the Town Tailgate is bringing you a special bonus podcast episode.
1: Now, what is more improbable? The fact that if you would have told you back in January that it was going to be a 60-game season. Okay. The fact that in April and May, when we went through all the hardships of this negotiation, that the fact there was even going to be a season. Okay. Or the fact that the Miami Marlins are in the playoffs.
0: <laughs> what would
1: you – if we would told him like, ah uh,
0: – do I have to pick one, or can I just, no, like, can I you just tell said you that begin- all of them are extremely improbable?
1: 2020 in a nutshell. Right there. Welcome
0: to the bonus episode, like B- we bonus. promised you. Julio and Chris, we're back together again Sunday night. Um, we got a lot of series to get through. The most playoff games we've ever seen in one round.
1: Um, After a day of football, we just got to really, like, put our mind where our chickens are money, whatever baseball. We're, we're number one to baseball. You really
0: should have gotten that analogy together before you, uh, before you decided to, uh, throw it it out there.
1: We're going to have a pretty crazy week on top of the NBA or at MLB playoffs, NBA finals are going to be starting on Wednesday. Just found out tonight. He Mm -hmm. and, Lakers on top of Thursday night football on top of Sunday and college football. It sounds like it's pretty much in full swing. So Yeah, we're on sports overload. Stanley Cup is going on. So. Which
0: is pretty cool, though. Um, So the playoffs start this Tuesday, September 29th. That will be Game 1 of the American League Wild Card Series. And then on Wednesday, the National League kicks it off with Game 1 of the National League Wild Card Series, as well as Game 2 of the American League Wild Card Series. And then Thursday will be game three, if any, um, of the American League Wild Card Series and game two of the National League Wild Card Series. And then Friday, they ended off with, if any, of course, again, uh, final game, game three of the National League Wild Card Series. So, um, should we just jump into the series, Julio?
1: Let's do it, man. I'm excited. So...
0: In the National League, the number one seed is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Like we've been kind of talking about all year, they were the best team from day one. They ended; they never lost the first place seed in the National League, and um, here they are again. They dominated the regular season. Um, they are the one seed taking on a very rare appearance that I didn't think was going to happen. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers snuck in at the eighth seed. Um, they will be playing there those games. Have been the Giants, man. I know, dude. The Giants. So, if the Giants would have won on Friday, it would have been them. The the game that they uh, against the Padres that they just let slip away. Had they won that game, yeah. they they're sitting there at that in that series, but they just couldn't just couldn't hold together. So, this is where we're at. Um, that game, that series will be played in Dodger Stadium. So, what should we? What's the main thing we got to look forward to on that one, Julio? Uh,
1: well, the again the Brewers kind of snuck in. This is if you haven't been paying too much attention to them. Uh, Kristen Yelich has been okay this year. It kind of he was horrible the first month, but he's kind of started clicking in. Uh, Corbin Burns, he's one of the starters out there with the Brewers. He's probably going to finish uh, top three, top five Cy Young finalists out of the National League. He was great this and year, of Cor- Yeah, he was excellent. Josh Hader, of course, you know what he's going to do, be doing: closing out games. All that being said, they're they're not going to win a game. It's the Dodgers. The only way I would think yeah. the Dodgers, if the Brewers have a chance, is because if Kershaw, we know what he's going to do. He's going to, he's been pitching so dominant this year. There's no way he's not going to do it. Um, Walker Buehler pitched his first game back from his blister. So he is back, and he will be pitching. He will be pitching. <laughs> I haven't. We haven't seen the full what the day by day is going to look like, but the assumption is it's probably going to be game two. Yeah. And. If he is not ready, ready after his first start against the A's, then Does or the A's, a's last Thursday, then no. Well, that could be the chance for not saying start as in like physically ready, but if like conditioning wise, and when he's out on the mound, that could be a that could be the one chance the Brewers could have to win is if they have to really more or less rely that like he's not all the way there yet and take yeah. advantage of it that's yeah. the only way i think they can win and if you get to game three of course you're going to get one of the may goslin urias who i've all been pretty solid throughout this whole year they're still young they're still improving especially in a playoff spot with exception of julio urias who had some playoff uh pitching a couple years ago but uh, i don't think that there's going to be a real talk here what about you chris
0: I, I mean, t- if I'm being completely 100% honest, and I know that I promised listeners that we would put together this podcast and you would think that I would be prepared, but I th- I thought it was going to be the Giants in this game, so I was more prepared for the Giants to be, um, to be I here. I bet your Dodger
1: fans are happy.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. How well the Giants
1: have been playing, though, they they got lucked out.
0: Well, I mean, uh, what's-his-face even said it on our podcast? Ronnie? Uh, um, Ronnie.
1: No, what's that guy? I'm, well, I'm
0: so He's your friend. I met him one time. I'm sorry, I no, forgot his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, he's a guest. All yeah, right, right. Besides, point. Good going. Sorry. Okay. Just cool. Thank you
0: for wasting our time. Um, yeah. I mean, like, okay. So Corbin Burns, I know because he was on my fantasy team for a little bit this season. Um, but anybody uh, else? I mean, who who would there? I dropped him. And then, but who, anybody <laughs> else on on this pitching stuff? I mean, Brett Anderson. Does he pitch game two? Josh Lindblom, maybe. Um, oh, Brandon Woodruff, probably actually. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Brett Anderson has has a worse ERA, but he's got he's got more wins and he's pitched more games. So I mean, like, I or more innings, not more games. Oh no, actually, Woodruff has pitched more innings. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where you go from. I don't. Yeah, I I think this is going to be a blowout. I think they win. I think they win. I think the Dodgers win by like five runs, both games, and then it's over. It's going to be the most boring game to. Boring series to watch. And, and the shittiest thing about it is it's the primetime spot for us on the West Coast. So this is going to be the only game that we can watch on Wednesday and, th- and Thursday. Like, we're going to have to deal with this bullshit and see it'll be the only game on. Like, I, I just... I it, There's not much to talk about here. Mookie's going to f- whoop their ass. Uh, M- Max Muncy's going to whoop their ass. I, I mean, Bellinger's been struggling a little bit lately, but like... I. Kershaw's having like the year of his career, and then we you get Walker Buehler back. Like, come on, man, this is this, this is yeah, cake.
1: I think, and I don't have the advanced stats in front of me, or haven't I didn't look up look it up. But who knows? The Brewers' rotation might be a better outside of Miller Park team, just because Miller Park is very hitter oriented. But uh, when you're going against a Dodgers team thats just everybody can hit bombs off you, as we yeah. saw last week. Yeah, there's that no chance. So, uh, conclusion for the series. Yeah, I think the Dodgers are going to win both games in advance. Chris,
0: let me just let me give you. I mean, yeah, I agree. But let me give you the stats of the of the the Brewer starting pitchers this year, other than Corbin Burns, because he's he has a two point two ERA, so he's probably going to be the starter game one. He's four and one. He's pitched fifty nine innings. Um, Brett Anderson, four wins, four losses. ERA, 10 games started. He's pitched 47 innings. Is he healthy? I believe so. Um, 32 strikeouts, 1.28 whip. Uh, But he's given up six home runs. Okay, that's option one. And I want you to pick one. You have to pick one of these options, Julio. So I'm going to give you the options, and you have to pick
1: one. I should have told me that before. I would have paid more attention. I
0: thought I thought about doing that um, midway through me saying that. Okay, so do you want me to say Brad Anderson's stats again?
1: Uh, go for yeah, sure. Why okay, not?
0: four and four, four point two one ERA, ten starts, twenty thirty two strikeouts, twenty two earned runs, forty seven innings pitched, and a one point two eight WHIP. Okay. Brandon Woodruff. 13 starts. 3 and 5. 3.05 ERA. 73 innings pitched. Pretty good. He has 91 strikeouts. He only gave up 25 runs. 0.99 whip. It's not bad. Joshua Limbloom. 12 starts. 2 and 4 5.16 ERA 52 strikeouts gave up 26 runs, 6 homers, 1.28 whip. Option A, Option B or Option C. And I forgot to say for Option B, Brandon Woodruff gave up 9 home runs this season. It's not bad. Yeah, but that's the most of all the starters.
1: Oh. That's not good.
0: No. Option A, Brett Anderson. Option B, Brandon Woodruff. Option C, Josh bloom There's other options, but they're really not worth
1: saying. Well, shout out to Josh Lindblum, uh KBO legend. Learned a lot about KBO at the beginning sure. of this quarantine. Yes, yes. Uh, but I think you would have to go Woodruff game too, especially if you're – It's that's going to be the tricky thing. Where I wouldn't be shocked if we see managers skipping guys. Where it's like, if let's say if somehow the, the Brewers win Game One with Corbin Burns on the mound, and then it's like, all right, we gotta crush them while we're here. Let's bring in Woodruff. He can close out Game Two because we know record based like pitching records like win loss records are stupid. There's not much valid like arguments around it. Um, but that being said like it's gonna be interesting i i would probably go woodruff game two just because if you need the win there you gotta take it but
0: yeah i mean i'm looking at their bullpen guys they're not great either um but there there's i mean there's some that are really good i mean like obviously josh Hader, his era is not great this season but um yardley's good 1.5 e4 era um devin williams 0. 0.33 era um, well, he had 22 Devin, appearances.
1: Yeah, that's going to be – so that's kind of another, like, X factor, I guess, is, like, if mm-hmm. if somebody shits the bed in the first three, four innings as a starter, you can pretty much rely on Devin Williams, who's probably been, like, the best mid-reliever in baseball. Him and, you know, our guy, Jake Diekman.
0: Okay, so if they push it to game three, who starts game three? Option A or option C?
1: Ugh.
0: Probably option I A. I would say Anderson, yeah. Mister Mister, uh, consistent. At least, at least you know what you get with him.
1: Yeah, I guess, but it's not going to get to that. <laughs> We're no. both going. Are we both going Dodgers two games?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a blowout both games too. Okay, let's move on to um, the next series, which is the Padres at the four seed taking on the St. the San Diego Padres taking on the. St. Louis Cardinals at the 5 seed. So at first glance with this matchup, it's kind of interesting because with the seeding, you would think that they'd be a lot closer of a matchup, but I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm underestimating the a- the NL Central a little bit, but I feel like the Padres are just a better just a better baseball team all around. Although they do they don't have Mike Clevenger to start off their series, which is going to be tough. But they're playing in Padres ballpark, which is a pitcher's ballpark. Um, even though I remember Julio, you said something about they moved in the fences. I think this past offseason.
1: Yeah, they tr- at least they try to. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know when this last time that happened. Like, or when it actually happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, I Cardinals are always good, but I just feel like they're always just kind of there. You know, they, they don't. There's nothing really special about them. Like they got smoked by the Nationals last year in the ALCS. I don't know. I mean, it, and also maybe the Padres are just a uh, media hype because they were the fun team to watch this year. What do you think?
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, the Cardinals definitely have the playoff, if this, if it matters at least right now in this weird like 2020 bubble season, is they have the playoff pedigree. They were in the NLCS last year. Um, a lot of guys like Gaddy Molina and Adam Wainwright have been to the World Series multiple times now. They kind of hold the upper hand in that, but when it comes to talent, I think the Padres kind of blow them out. But you bring up the point without Clevenger, it's going to be tricky. Um, the bullpen for the Padres has actually been pretty stout now with getting Trevor Rosenthal yeah. to kind of figure out what they're yeah, doing with like him and like Drew Pomeranz and I'm not sure if Angel Pagan's back yet. I remember he was hurt. Uh, this is going to be pretty Amelia fun. I think it's be- you
0: said Angel Pagan
1: former giant great that's right yeah <laughs> milo Pogon, sorry uh this is probably going to be uh this is this is like a toss up to be like the most competitive series in the national league this is something that i think it's definitely going to go three games though
0: i mean the cardinals barely went over 500 you know like i, I but again maybe the central is just a lot more competitive
1: well I think it also kind of benefits we're going to see what the AL too. Now that I see it, like I see this all in writing it is like, you got three AL teams from the central and then you have four NL teams from the central. It just shows you, they just took advantage of kicking the crap out of the Royals, the tigers and the pirates that they just were beating them down to take advantage to get them where they're at. Um, but it's you have to remember too for the pot for the Cardinals at least they had the COVID test there that, or that's when they kind of had that mini outbreak more or yeah. less and they yeah. lost like ten days out of the season so the fact that they still made it into the playoffs despite all that it kind of shows you like what could a what could this team have been in a full sixty game season yeah. if they didn't have any positive tests and they were able to keep guys like Jack Flaherty pitching consistently where we could have seen what he could have been this season.
0: I, and I think an uh, an important thing um, about the Cardinals team is, like, they had bounce-back years from guys who really needed to have b- bounce-back years. Like, Paul Goldschmidt did not have a good first year in St. Louis last year. He did great this year. 304, seven, six home runs, like, 21 RBIs, like, a lot better. Um, Colton Wong was – Iffy, but he also had injuries. Same with Paul DeYoung. Yadier Molina played a lot better this year. Um, Their DH, Brad Miller, had a huge fucking year. Uh, We'll see. I mean, I I just remember last year, like, Goldschmidt and Marcel Azuna, who's not in this team anymore. He's on the Braves. But basically their two best players went cold right when the playoffs started. And, like, you can't have that. You have to have your three and four hitter, like, be on top of their shit in the playoffs. Like they need to when there's runners on base, you gotta bring those guys home. Something that I was kind of talking about in our group chat earlier today about the A's. Um sneak preview for later on in this podcast. <laughs> so if they're gonna play well, then they definitely can be successful. But there's just so many sluggers. There's just so many big bats
1: on the Padres.
0: It's just Yeah. And that's I think th- I think it could go to three games. I definitely think it could. I don't think this is gonna be a blowout.
1: I think this is going to go to three. Um, And yeah, it'll be tighter. I don't think there's going to be any blowouts. Uh, I think this will go through games. The Padres will still win it. I just think like, yeah, not having Clevenger this opening round, but like Dennis LeMet has been, we talked about him last week. That guy's been one of the best pitchers in the National League by far. Zach Davies had a great bounce back. Um, And just the bullpen's going to hold him up. And plus when you have... In my opinion, the best current player on the planet right now, Tatis, mm-hmm. and then Manny Machado is putting up MVP numbers. Will Myers? It's, there's so much to get through with this lineup that it's it'll just drain out the Cardinals. Yeah, so and and you, and, I'm
0: gonna go. I just want to touch on your point earlier you made because I forgot to touch on it earlier. The pitching, you're right. The Cardinals' pitching has been really starting pitching has been really good this year, and you're gonna go against Flaherty and Wright. One, two, like they're having. Flaherty's had a little bit more of a down year, but he's still, he's still Jack Flaherty. And Wainwright's having yeah. a huge bounce back year. So,
1: dude, shout out to Adam White. The guy is like, like 50
0: like... years old. He's still pitching and he's still killing it. It's ins- And he's still on the Cardinals, which is the coolest part about it.
1: You don't see that much with pitchers. No, no. Really?
0: Um, He has a career a lot like his, his protege, Chris Carpenter, dude. Just like one team and always mm-hmm. just consistently an above average pitcher.
1: I was going to know, Chris Carpenter was with the Blue Jays. That's who he started off oh,
0: with. Oh, and then he got traded to the Cardinals? Yeah. Oh, it felt like he... Oh, damn. He was on that team. It must have been yeah, early in been his career, though, because 2000... he was there for like 20 years.
1: I was a sophomore in high school when Adam Wainwright started pitching for the Cardinals. Jesus.
0: Um. All right. Yeah. Should we move on to the next one?
1: Uh, what's your prediction, though? Oh. So I said Padres in three. I
0: think I, think I want to go against you just to kind of see uh, where we land at the end of it. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Cardinals in three. Um, and after you, after you, you brought up the pitching, it kind of made me think a little bit. And then I pulled up the the stats of the starting pitchers and I was like, oh shit, like Julio's got a good point.
1: Um, I'm going to write these down too. So, yeah.
0: Um, okay, cool. So, um, I definitely think three games, but if it goes to two, if someone, if someone just pulls out two close wins, I wouldn't be surprised either, but I think they'll be close games. Um, all right. Next series is uh, the Chicago Cubs is a three seed going against the Miami Marlins is a six seed Cubs had an amazing season. Um, uh, hats off to them um, and great hire um, in getting uh, what's his face. Uh, David Ross in to uh, manage his team. I, it, yeah, I mean, I, impressive. I, uh, Ian Happ has had an amazing year this year. Who would have thought? Um, Miami, you know, I t- I don't really know too much about him. Julio, I really I don't I don't. I, maybe you can enlighten. You me.
1: would think, yeah, you would think that us listening to the Levitard show, yeah. we we would be a little more versed. But they um, don't get into detail. There,
0: they don't really get into detail. I
1: mean, yeah. it's weird. Yeah, a couple things the podge- or the. The Marlins do really well. They're fast. They're a super fast team. I, I, I'd i have to look it up. I, I believe they're like top five or three when it comes to steals. So I, that's going to show you how they're going to play, especially when you don't have a huge boppers. Um, but if you're going to look out for the boppers, of course, look out for Starling Marte. They made the trade with the Marlins, or with the Diamondbacks a few uh, months ago at the trade deadline. Um, And the other guys, uh, it's I'm trying to think who's their third baseman. I'm pulling up their roster um, right now. Yeah, thank you. But while you're doing that, I'm going to Brian talk about pitching. Brian Anderson, thank you. Brian Anderson's actually been a pretty decent offensive player. But if there's going to be some guys that you should really pay attention to, not for what they're going to do right now, but like a career trajectory, Sixto San- Sanchez is going to be the next great like Marlins pitcher. Um, and if they're going to have a chance of winning the series, he's got to ball out. He's been excellent this year in his rookie campaign. He's he's got. his, If you want to describe his stuff, he throws huge heat. One of his uh, idols is Pedro, and, and a lot of he actually wanted to wear 45, and he didn't because when they didn't when he got called up to the majors, they just gave him this number, and he just kind of stuck to it. But I think in the next season, he's going to transition to the 45. Uh, but he's going to be pretty excellent. The bullpen's okay. Brian Kinsler is out there going closing out games. He's kind of like an underrated closer. It got him from the Cubs. But the Cubs are, this is probably the, uh, for the lack of like the other team, this is probably like the biggest bounce back team. When if you look at how they finished last season, they missed yeah. the playoffs. Joel, uh, Joe Madden left to come down here and to get some California sun. Chris Bryant did, did not have a Madden, good season Did you almost say Joel Madden as in all? like
0: as in like the singer Joel, of, of – Good of Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. Shout out to Lifetimes and Rich Famous. Famous. Um, but like Chris Bryant didn't have a good season. Yeah. Uh, Javi did not have a, much of a great season either. But their rotation is really what saved mm-hmm. them throughout this Dude. year. Dude, yeah.
0: Uh, you darvish uh big bounce back here big bounce back here and he needed it he needed it bad um especially after you know he was one of the guys who came out he's the ace yeah and he was the, he was remember he was the guy who came out and said that he was really affected by the world series and then to find out that they were cheating like it he like he, he kind of got he didn't he didn't, he didn't admit to getting the yips but he kind of admitted to getting the yips from from that that game seven start um and then he found out they were cheating and it just kind of like he it, mixed feelings, I guess he said he was, it was a little bit, he got in a little bit of depression, but so I'm really happy to see that, that he, that he bounced back this year. Um, yeah, I mean, Jason Hayward played really good this year too. Um, uh, Wilson Contreras, I'm a little Hayward's upset awesome. with, he had a pretty, pretty bad year, but as a catcher, it's tough. Um, same Rizzo, yeah, Rizzo was, was
1: performed like he usually does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you Darvish is probably, it's the Cy Young races between him and Trevor Bauer. Yeah. In the National League, and I personally think he should win, not because I put money on him back in August to win Cy Young, uh, but just to see like how far he's bounced back yeah. from kind of uh, washed couple seasons. But it's not just him; Kyle Hendricks is a pretty consistent oh, starter. Yeah. Um, John Lester, I think has he's just, showed... I think his
0: age is, is showing, man. I think his age is showing. Yeah,
1: but but he's had he his first like five starts he looked really solid, and then. Who knows? But of course, when you're going against the rest of the central divisions with lineups like the Indians and the Ast- and the White Sox, Cardinals, Brewers, like Reds, if you can perform in that against those teams with those lineups, you're pretty solid. Yeah. Um, but like, if what what do you really think could help the Marlins win, if anything? Because like this Cubs team is pretty well rounded. I don't think there's going to be much of a chance for them?
0: Nothing. I don't think there's anything they could do. I mean, it, it, at at the end of the day, yes. Look, Anthony Rizzo hit two twenty two. Um, let's see. Kyle Schwarber hit 188 Chris Bryant hit two oh six. Yeah. Javier Baez hit two oh three. Sure, they had bad years, but at the end of the day, when you look up, when you look at a lineup card, and it starts off with. Uh, with uh, Jason Hayward leading off, Ian Happ hitting second, uh, Javi Baez hitting third, Anthony Rizzo hitting fourth, and Chris Bryant hitting fifth, you're like, where's the break there? Because at the end of the day, they are that is a talented one through five. A very talented one through five. And as an opposing pitcher, Take you time. don't know who you're going to pitch around. So i no, I don't think this is close. I think that the Marlins are a modest six seed because the NL or n l s uh what is that east, east. yeah n l East just wasn't as good as we thought it was gonna be this year, which is how the Marlins snuck in there over the phillies and the uh and the and the Mets um yeah i uh i mean the cubs were a two seed up until today you know like no no, no, no. I think this is two games and it's over. Also, going against dude, you Darvish and Kyle Hendricks, like that's 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 tough. That's a tough one.
1: Now, are you, so you're going against the Marlins being two for two in their playoffs appearances, where both times have been the playoffs, they've won the World Series.
0: Yeah, because uh, this playoff format never <laughs> existed, and you wouldn't if you were a six seed in the past, you wouldn't even be in the playoffs. So it's a I, no. Yeah, sorry, Levitard and friends.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I I'm assuming we're both on the same boat, Cubs, both games.
0: Yeah. Oh you oh, you're taking him two games and none too? Yeah. Okay.
1: I, I uh, even though I was <laughs> even though I was kind of hyping up six though, so, yeah. he's, he's still been pretty inconsistent. That's, that's why and I'm a little I'm a little shocked is,
0: with your with your result on that one. You're just like yeah. No, yeah,
1: yeah no. Well, like, well this isn't the team you'd be Inconsistent with was a team where its core was a former World Series champion, and these are guys who are veterans who are going to be able to know how to wait Dude, on this. Dude, and I so.
0: mean like two point point oh one ERA for Darvish, two point eight eight for Kyle Hendricks. Like, what are we talking about here? This is probably, I don't know, in the in the National League, this is probably the best one two. Uh, actually, no, maybe Kershaw and Bueller, but Bueller, we don't have a sample size from the season. In terms or, of sample size from this season, this is the best one-two punch starting pitching that we're seeing in the in the National League.
1: That's a great transition, Chris, because I'm going to tell you the actual best one-two okay. punch in the National League. We got Braves versus the Reds with Trevor Bauer and Sonny Gray. Boom. Don't <sighs> nope nope. Come on.
0: I, I would okay so. If we're going 1 1 versus 1 Bowers I would say is a little bit more threatening than Darvish. But 2 Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right, so here we are. Braves Reds. Uh Braves will the games will be taking place in Atlanta with the Reds as the road team who the Reds also uh it was a kind of a long shot to make it in and a lot of stuff had to go down over the last 10 14 days where they finally snuck their way in and they are the uh seventh seed, All correct? Right. All right, so Chris, uh what's your first thoughts when you look at this series?
0: Uh I don't know if the offense, the powerhouse offense of the Braves can get past the starting pitching of the Reds. And uh, which is the way how you changed my mind so quick cuz now that I think about it to have to go up against that Game one and two is tough. Um, and I'll give the Reds, you know, I mean, their offense hasn't been great, but they have some star-studded power. They have some, they have some star-studded people in that lineup that can get the job done. But, fuck, dude, to go up against Bauer and Gray, oh, man. I love Fre- Freddie Freeman so good, but, I mean, I don't know how well he does in, in those two first games.
1: Yeah. Straight up, um, if if you remember way back when, what felt like six years ago when we did our baseball opening season pod, I don't remember if it was for this show or for the Magic Hour, just some seasons. I was high on the Braves from the beginning of the se- or the Reds from the beginning of the season, and they kind of stumbled out the gate. And now that you kind of look in retrospective, when you're going against these two divisions, when you have teams that hit bombs like the White Sox, Twins, Indians, and you're going against pitching like the Cubs and the Card- or the Cardinals, uh, yeah, there's going to be some bumps in the road. But to me, I think this is probably – it might be going a little hot take. I think this is probably the best team to make a run for their money, for the Dodgers' money right now. For the sake of you are more or less – I wouldn't say guaranteed, but you have a significant chance of winning when it's going to be Bauer and gray. And then game three is going to be Luis Castillo. Who's yes. Rough start. He's been pitching.
0: Great. I was just about to comment on that. And then you got, you got Tyler. You got, a uh, um, how do you pronounce his last name? Tyler, uh,
1: Stevenson catcher. No,
0: no, 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 no. The number four pitcher, um, Anyway, they, I mean, they have abundance okay. of them. There's also Wade Miley. I mean, like...
1: So, and, and it's the Braves. Look, the Braves have been outstanding, authentically. Acuna has been doing Acuna things again. Marcelo Zuna, dude, I picked him like a late pick in our fantasy draft for baseball. Guy became one of the best hitters in baseball. I did not expect that to happen. Freddie Freeman's probably going to be... If he, I think he should be the MVP in the National League, um, at least a top three candidate. But man, once you get past Max Fried, uh, with that rotation's a little bumpy for the Braves. It's a it'd be a different it'd be a different story if um everybody was healthy from the get go with the Cole Hamills, even though we don't know what he could really provide at this point at his age. And um who's I'm spacing out. who's the guy that tore his Achilles way back when? Brave starter. Uh,
0: I'm hold on. I'm looking it up right now. Sorry,
1: but if like if they were around, I'm just looking up. They would have a chance, round. but this is my, um, this is the Julio stamp of upset right here. I think the the Reds are gonna take this series. Um, uh,
0: I, I, you just you can't stack up against that one, two, three. Um, it's really that like that simple. Like that's. Oh, of the Reds, like that's. I mean, I'm looking at their stats, and it's like all three of them are like 3.5 ERA and under. Like they've really been that dominant this year. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're Atlanta, obviously you have Max Freed, which is good. Like that's a really good matchup to go against Bauer in in, in Game One. But yeah, after that, your options are pretty limited. Um, I don't know. What, what would would you go, Tommy Malone?
1: No. Yeah, I mean, Tommy Malone's began lit up. As I love the guy, former Oakland Gate, but he's he's uh, not. Been Mike an Soraka option. was the
0: guy who I heard earlier, by the way. Thank yeah. you, Mike Soraka.
1: Um, it sucks because he has been pitching great up until that he,
0: point. I mean, but. oh, Ian Anderson, one point
1: nine five. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, that's a really good yeah. option, but it's it's hard to. And then of. maybe
0: Kyle Wright. I don't know. I mean, there. I mean, I'm looking at their starters, and it's like. Their ERA like Robbie Erlin eight point four nine, Josh Tomlin four point seven six.
1: Josh Tomlin's still pitching. Yeah,
0: he is. He only had five starts. He came out of bullpen mostly, but still. Um. Yeah, man, it's uh Mike Tommy Malone fourteen point nine. That. I mean, but then you honestly, but then you look at the Reds hitters and like no one is hitting over two fifty. Like, even Nick Castellanos is 245.
1: The, I think... I don't know if this is uh, a, a because of us. I think the one thing, because of how weird the season has been, and I've, I've kind of learned to, like, accept this, is for a 60-game schedule, I feel like batting average is overrated. <laughs> okay. All right. I like that. That's just it, because it's such, such small of a sample size. And I try not to dwell too much on it. Um, More so, like, if if they have a really... Because, look, if you look at the A's, for example, if you look at their team batting average, it's crap. But if you look at their team on-base percentage, it's still pretty, like, high up there because they walk a ton and they get hit like every other at-bat.
0: One thing the Reds do do very well is they smack the shit out of the ball. Nick Castellano, fourteen home runs. Um, Eugenio Suarez, fifteen home runs. Joey Votto, eleven home runs. Jesse Winkler, twelve home runs. Mike Moustakas, eight home runs. Like they are fucking bombing it. Ooh. So, yeah, I mean, if they can get guys on base, which they they aren't good at that, doing that. Like, <laughs> the best yeah. average on the team is Akayama, two forty five. No, oh, no yeah. Jesse Winkler, two fifty five. Um, I
1: got excited. Okay, let's tight. So South that's the,
0: but that's the problem. You can hit as many home runs as you can, but if you're only knocking in one run at a time, then it's you're it, you're playing. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a long ladder you got to go up. It's like you're taking very small steps. You got to get but, multiple runners home.
1: But when you have Trevor Bauer and Sonny Gray as the guys pitching, you know they're not they're not gonna. It up. Yeah. And if you're if you're picking uh, if go you're picking against
0: Kyle Wright and Ian Anderson, you know maybe it is possible. Maybe you could do. It. Maybe you could make it happen.
1: And and also the fact that they the rotation is able to do what they have done in Great American Ballpark, very hitter friendly, yeah. still pretty. Yeah. So what's uh what's your final prediction? I had
0: Braves in three.
1: Braves. I can't in three. go against the Braves, right. even
0: though you, you know I I hear what you're saying, but Freddie Freeman and fucking. D'Ansby Swanson, Ron Lacuña and fucking even Marcelo Zuna, even though those guys aren't playing so well. They're still good, man. They're still fucking that's still a good talent talented team and I can't just like I can't just throw them by the wayside. Um
1: I my expectations for the Reds were pretty solid to start the season. Um and I I they started sluggish and I had to look at the rest what they've had to play. And it makes sense. I'm still sticking with my guns. I'm going reds in three.
0: I mean, dude, I'm looking. I'm looking at the offensive stats for the Braves, and it's. I don't know if you necessarily want to st- stick with that. Like of their stars, no, like, I, no I'm. One, no one is hitting. Like no one is hitting below two fifty.
1: Cool. Well, when you're playing. When you okay, let's okay. Marcel Azuna eighteen home runs. Far.
0: Freddie Freeman thirteen. Ronald Acuna fourteen. Adam Duvall sixteen. Dansby Swanson ten. Ozzy Albie's six. I mean, they can bomb it too, dude. They can bomb it too.
1: I know, but what my point? Well, like, well, when you have the benefit where you, we you go against a Mets team, if once you get once you get past Degrom in the part of the rotation. Light them up. You're going against Baltimore. Light them up. Nationals, when it's not Scherzer, light them up. Uh, like you, I think the East divisions have been so bad that there have been a good team to take advantage of that where they hit the shit out of the ball when you're playing against the bad. Because that's what you do when you're a good team is you you don't play down to the level team you're playing. You play up and you take advantage of it.
0: So, so. you just think the teams at the top are just – they're just dominating against the really it's shitty pretty, teams in, in those in the East divisions.
1: I think so. Uh, it's well when you play the Nationals, the the Orioles, the Mets. Um, th- Philly is kind of a wishy. Philly's a whole thing. I mean, they, they're under they're under disaster. 500,
0: but yeah, yeah, yeah. They have some talent. Let's but yeah,
1: yeah. But uh, so, a quick rundown before we jump into the American League of our picks uh for the Dodgers Brewers series we both picked the Dodgers in two for the Padres Cardinals series uh I picked the Padres in 3 Chris picked the Cardinals or I picked the Padres in 3 Chris 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 picked the Cardinals in 3 Did you almost call me Chris Christie?
0: I would have slapped you in the face.
1: Well, when you have Chris Chris picked the cards. I'm just kidding. Chris I'm picked the kidding. cards. Chris picked the cards, yeah. Uh but anyways, uh I picked Pods in 3, he picked cards in 3. Um, Braves, Reds. I picked the Reds in three. He picked the Braves in three. And then we're both in unison for the Cubs in two. Now let's jump over to our home, our safe space of a league. The American, American league, league, baby. Chris, where do you want to start off? We're going to start from the yeah, top. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, The we'll, two teams that we'll rhyme. Start,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, the Toronto Blue Jays as the eight seed take on the one seed, the Tampa Bay Rays. Um... I mean, we said at the beginning of the year at the season preview podcast, um, the Rays are just really good, really talented young team. It's no surprise that they, especially with all the injuries that the Yankees had, it's no surprise that the Rays were able to um, edge out um, and win the division. On top of just having a really good, talent offensive team, their fucking starting rotation is just really top-heavy. They have two of the best I don't know. 10 pitchers in in the league, maybe maybe just the American League, but definitely the league. Um yeah, man. Uh I think this is a I think this goes 2-0. I just think that I think the Rays are just too good.
1: I I I'm look, happy for the Blue Jays. I don't no, the Blue Jays. No, hell yeah. Buffalo Blue Jays. They deserve it. Let's <laughs> go drink some uh blue uh what's the Canadian beer? That one drinks in Buffalo. I can't No idea what you're talking good, about. Good. There's a very Canadian beer that's like, they have the brewery in Buffalo as well. I I actually walked by yeah. it too and stuff. I can't remember the name. Anyways, yes. uh, The race. We know how good Blake Snell's been. We don't really hear a lot of talk about it because of the dominance of Shane Bieber and Giolito's no hitter and, Garrett Cole, but he's still maintaining a pretty good season. Not a Cy Young season like he had a couple years mm-hmm. ago, but he's still maintaining the, the course. Uh, Tyler Glasnow, inconsistency. inconsistency. He kind of gets hit, but when he's on, again, one of the most talented yeah, pitchers. Yeah, such good if there's stuff. A, if there's a way the Jays can get to this rotation, and I think they could because they have a lot of pop in that super young lineup, is... Uh, Charlie Morton has not been good. No, but he's but he's season. a
0: vet who has experience in the postseason. A lot of it. He's won a, he's won a World Series. Like he's, play, he's pitched in those big games.
1: No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But the thing is, if we're going to play the the vet, big game, all that stuff, and yes, he's won the World Series. He also cheated. Or his team cheated when they <laughs> won that World yeah. Series. Uh, you can play that same card with the Toronto Blue Jays and Hongji Ryu, who Hung Ryu has actually been pretty good. Solid of a pitcher with the Blue Jays, uh, he's been kind of the anchor for that rotation. Um, they I don't, and like the young lineup is just very appealing to me for the Blue Jays. I'm not going to pick the Rays straight up. I'll tell you that straight out of the bat. I don't think the Rays, the Rays are probably the biggest contender in the American League because of how balanced they are from top to bottom. But um, I don't see this being a complete blowout of a series because of like the lineup with having Boba Bichette, Kevin Biggio, um, Teoscar Hernandez is his bat has exploded. this season has been a huge power, like threat for the blue Jays. And if we have hung Jin Rio out there, at least pitching a game and doing what he could do, he was a Cy Young finalist last year, then they can at least make it competitive. I don't think they're going to win it, but they will be competitive. I, th- especially without Ken Giles.
0: I think that the East is the AL East is is just like what you said in the last segment, very overrated, um, mainly because, overrated. <laughs> and also mainly because it is at the center of this country's media storm in New York. So it's great that the Blue Jays are here. They are a young team who has a bright future, but. Um, I'm not I'm not hopping on this bandwagon. Um who do you think starts game two for the Blue Jays? Robbie Ray, Tywon Walker, or Tanner Rourke?
1: Tanner uh Tanner Rourke first off, come on. Former Oakland great. <laughs> shout out to Tanner Rourke. Um but Walker Walker's actually been pretty lights yeah. out since he's gone over 1. To the Blue Jays. One point three seven ERA. That's what happens when you leave Seattle, man. It's like almost it's kind of it kind of sucks. I've cited like James Paxton, but you kind of see that. Uh, you figure out guys, figure out who they really are. Um, it's probably going to be Walker, but there's just there's a lot of stuff going on. I think my full-on prediction. I do think the the Jays will at least pick up a game. I could see them picking up the Ryu start but the rays are just there's too much going on in that lineup yeah. where i think it's going to be the rays i also three. think the inexperience Literally. is going
0: to be a big like like um counterproductive like negative no, that doesn't make sense it's going to be a big negative for for the blue jays i feel like when it comes down to like the big moments and the late innings like they're just not going to show up and it's just going to be a a, a a one of those games i think is going to be an epic choke job i really do like we've seen it We've seen it through the eyes of being an A's fan for years that, like, these young teams just, like, they don't know how to handle the postseason. There's just the pressure and everything. Now, granted, yeah, there's no one in the stands, so I think that helps a little bit because your nerves are a little bit more um, tamed. But, like, it's a really young team going against a fucking powerhouse. And I just – I'm sorry, man. I can't, gi- I can't give the Blue Jays a game. I just can't. I can't give it to them.
1: So you're going you're going to yeah. race, too? Raising right. two
0: games. All right. Next one, which is going to be a fun one. Um, the number four seed Cleveland Indians take on the number five seed New York Yankees playing all games in Cleveland. We're going against probably the best starting rotation in all of playoffs uh, against probably, you know, say what you will about this season, but best, biggest star-studded pop power pop – Fucking poppy power, power pop, pop uh, lineup. Um, can the Yankees sluggers overcome the dirty, dirty starting pitchers that the Indians have in one through three? I mean, we'll, yeah. I mean, I don't even know if we'll. Uh, you know, it's the Yankees. We'll probably get to a game three, but can they do it? I don't. I don't know, Julio. I don't know.
1: You know, um, I I don't want to offend our dudes with the uh, over uh, Rob Schlatter about the the Four Train Savages shout podcast. out to the Four
0: Train Savages podcast.
1: Yeah, um, I I don't like. It sucks. It's like this Yankees team is built. This is a playoff World Series built team, dude. You're. I'm so glad you guys got this playoff <laughs> spot, and it's not us. Because yeah, I I don't. I don't think it's gonna go three. I think it's, it's the Indians. You got Shane Bieber, who Cy Young, easy. That's his. It's in his pocket already. They're already probably upsing it to him as we speak. Uh, I think he's probably gonna win the. I think he should win the AL MVP because of him getting the triple crown and pitching. The dude's been ungodly for this insane season that we've had. And then, okay, cool. Well, we got past him. That's the worst that we could get through. It was. Let's say if a hypothetical game one is going to be Cole Bieber. Well, Cole, you know how he's been. You've had him on your team. He's had the strikeout stuff, uh, but his ERA, he's hes settled back into it, but he was pretty shaky to start the season. We kind of predicted that was going to happen because the that adjustment to playing in Yankee Stadium. Uh, but when you get into game two, when you have – Carlos Cookie Carrasco, Ooh. who's just been a huge strikeout machine this year. ERA, uh, I think he's low three-ish. What's going to be the Yankees' opposition to Carlos it? Carrasco is
0: 2.9 ERA.
1: Yeah, what's what's the Yankees' opposition going to be against it? Are you going to throw out Tanaka, who um, he's been fine this year, but not Cookie Carrasco fine? Are you going to throw out J.A. Happ, <laughs> Jordan Montgomery, if there's. I'm sorry, it's just like there's just a huge disparity between the one and two in Cleveland and the one and two. If New James
0: Paxton was healthy, does he get the ball in Game Two? I still don't even think he gets it in Game Two.
1: No, because even when he was healthy, he yeah, sucked. Yeah, I had him on my team. I mean, well,
0: I don't really know what your options are if you're the Yankees, especially playing in Yankees ballpark. Like, there's nothing really that like stands out. I mean. I'm trying to look it up right now. Let's see.
1: And and the one thing that uh, us and Yankee fans have been very clamoring about is the bullpen. the The Yankees have invested into this bullpen. They've put so much money into uh, Adam Ottavino and Zach Bрин mm. and and Roldis Chapman. But guess what? They haven't been what they should have been this year. They're not yeah. there. And yeah. There shouldn't have Zach been Britain's a reason been where great, they.
0: Though. Zach Britton's been great.
1: Yeah, but it it's there haven't been what they should have been so far yeah. this year. Granted, um, when Aaron Judge missed a huge chunk of the season and Giancarlo Carlos Stanton. That's uh, besides the point, dude. You, you, Chris, you could go out there and hit two eighty and and at least ten bombs at Yankee Stadium. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. Like you're there to produce. When you have their backup catcher. I can't remember his name. The guy hit like three home runs in a game a week. Yeah, or two everybody's ago. been deep throating Luke Voigt Stadium. all
0: all season because of his twenty home runs. But dude, I mean, the guy's built like a fucking truck, and he's playing in Yankee Stadium. That gives you at least like twenty feet, like in, like for your home run bomb. Like, any— uh, it's, uh,
1: Luke Voigt is built like uh, somebody we would see at the Brentwood softball field. Yes and then we'd go to telgaters afterwards in brentwood and he'd and be and he'd
0: there. be uh he'd be shooting himself up with steroids in the, in the in the bathroom in between in between <laughs> shots
1: um allegedly allegedly allegedly
0: I, I, he, I mean i'm not saying he actually does that. i'm i'm painting a picture towards this fantasy that we that
1: we that we're designing <laughs>
0: yeah. uh Machihiro tanaka 3.56 era i mean it's probably going to be him
1: yeah and he's 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 been pretty Solid most of the and season. Let's, like it's, and it's, let's say
0: hypothetically the Yankees get it to game three. Guess who you're playing in game three? Zach Plisak. two point two eight ERA, <sighs> four and two with a point eight whip. Point eight.
1: Good luck yeah, We haven't good luck, Yankees. So, um we haven't even talked about the Indians actual lineup where uh if Shane Bieber isn't gonna win the MVP, there's a good chance that it's gonna be I was Jose, to say, Ramirez. Jose
0: Ramirez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. So
1: this is a uh, look, we've talked about this on our Twitter account, we talked about this in our show. I am not a religious person, but I am counting my blessings for the fact that the White Sox aren't the best matchup. I am counting my blessings, it's not the Indians because it's it's not gonna i i don't think it's gonna be a pretty series and there's gonna be a lot of lot of clamoring going on in New York when this series is over.
0: It's very so to be fair, their batting order is very top heavy, and then it really falls off. The rest of their team, their role players are not good. Um, no, no. But Lindor and I guess that's the key but to then winning. Lindor, it, Hernandez, Ramirez, and Reyes and Santana. Uh, that's yep. brutal. That's. A, that's a brutal one through five. I mean, Santana's had a little bit of a down year, but he can still hit it out of the park even though he's getting up there. But
1: And he can play guitar.
0: That's pretty cool. Um, now, do, th- now do they you definitely a, have an offense be, to match uh, with the Yankees, but it's not one through nine like the Yankees is.
1: Do you see Indians benefiting from their uh, – more greatness because of again that central beating up on those bottom tier teams. That's
0: the thing. I don't know if I necessarily agree with you because I don't know how bad that those teams are. I think the the
1: the pirates are pretty bad. I'll tell you straight up that I, I somehow watched a decent chunk of pirates games this year, and they're not. This a good season
0: team. is so hard to judge what teams are are actually good and what teams are actually bad because they only got to play the teams in their region. So, for example, we're very on on the fence about the the NL Central. Three teams in the NL Central made it to the playoffs. But we don't know necessarily how good the NL Central is. Are they just kind of beating up on each other and they're all not good and they didn't face any real real good teams this season? Same thing with the AL Central. It's just so up in the air. The only way the we're going to figure out real quick which divisions were the real deal and which were fakers in the last series that we're going to cover in this podcast. Um, I'll just leave it at that because it's the AL West going against the AL central and yeah, we're going to find out real quick in game one who's, who's, who's for real and who's not. It's just, and again, I mean, they're they're only playing three, those three of those teams. So, and, and how many games did you play against like your non-division this season, like six to eight, um, I you know like the the Indians played, and so the Royals are in their division. They play played the Royals eight to ten. Like that's not, I don't know if that's enough of a sample size to really like be like, yeah, they're beating up on them, so they got all these wins against them. You know, like it's just, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm not articulating this very well, but I just I just feel like there's no, I I, I, I don't know, I don't know how to judge it. I really don't.
1: Well, it's your time to actually judge it. I have the Indians in two. No, I, I think just Bieber's I, just two lights out. Carrasco is the top heaviness of Carrasco against a Tanaka or anybody else. They Yankees can throw out as their two. I don't think because
0: we're a playing in Yankee Stadium. I got to go with the Yankees in three.
1: No, it's in Cleveland.
0: I thought the Yankees were the were the five. Right no? Oh yeah, duh. I saw the top of the thing. That's a changer a little bit. <laughs> Luke Voigt's not going to be able to hit five home runs in Yankee Stadium. All right, I'm going to take Cleveland in, in three then. That, that 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 does change a lot. It does change a lot. Because like guys like Gary Sanchez, who literally all they do is hit home runs, and it's mainly because they play in Yankee Stadium. They're not going to look as good in the Indians ballpark.
1: That's right, Gary Sanchez. What is he, Chris?
0: I don't know. What is he?
1: Uh, I thought you are going to you, – you've been on the Gary Sanchez overrated oh, for a long yeah, time, yeah, so yeah. it's ready for you to be like, overrated. overrated sorry. There we go. All right. Now, the next series before we jump into the reason why we're all here with the A's is we're going to talk about uh, our most hated team, the Astros. The Astros are going to be the road team as the six seed going against the three-seed Minnesota Twins. Minnatora. over. Well, the reason I will saying Minnesota is because I was going to say Minnesota and Target Field. Um, the Twins, we know to expect in terms of their offense is they're going to hit the shit Mm. out of the ball. With the lineup of the ageless Nelson Cruz, Miguel Sano, uh, Josh Donaldson, I know he was a little beat up. I have to check if he's going to be able to play in this series. From what I've heard, he is. Uh, He's expected to play. Got it. Uh, Eddie Rosario decided to catch fire towards the end of the season. The Twins, again, we know what they did last year. They were, I think they believe, they set the... Major League record for the most home runs in a season until the Yankees broke it. And the Yankees also broke their season eliminated them in the first round. And their rotation has finally kind of caught up to pace. Kenta Maeda getting coming over from L.A. has been dominant. He's been awesome this year. He's going to probably be like a top three, top five Cy Young finalist. But again, there's a guy in Cleveland that will win it. Uh, once you get past that, though, it's going to be a little shaky. Um, you have Jose Barrios who's been a little bit all over the place after having a pretty solid couple last years. And then it's going to get more shakier with guys like Rich Hill or Homer Bailey to finish out that rotation. And then what else can we say about the Astros? We, you, you've all heard us talk about them so much throughout the season. You've all probably watched them so much because of what we've seen at that rotation. Um, Anything you want to add more for the Astros that could really benefit with them? Obviously, the, the playoff experience helps, but. They've got a fringe 40 cheating. year
0: old man starting their first game of their playoff series. And then after that, I don't even know who the fuck starts there for them. Um, Jose Altuve hit 212 this season. I don't give a shit what you say about batting average. That is proof that he was just heavy reliant on cheating to be successful. Actually, you know what? My my uh, my uncle tweeted me some very interesting little things today um, about the Astros. Um, it's gonna take me a while to find them, so never mind. But
1: I'll go out and find it. I'll talk a little bit more about the okay. Astros because it seems like it's gonna be pretty solid. Um, yeah, it, it, their team's starting to get a little bit healthy offensively wise. Bregman will be there. Springer will be there. Twova will bring there, but. Brantley and Reddick are former Oakland great, but we don't really acknowledge them anymore. Besides the point, they're not cheating anymore, and it showed. This is they finished under 500. Actually, they finished 29 and or below 500. I don't know what the exact record is, um, but yeah, this is not your not your father's Astros, to coin the phrase.
0: So this is how much cheating was important to them. Yes, small sample size. Whatever. Jose Altuve, sorry, he didn't hit 212, he hit 215. Yuli Gurriel, oh. 240. George Springer, 258. Alex Bregman, a man who a lot of us were like, "Nah, he's too talented. He didn't need cheating. He's just a good baseball player." 240. Carlos Correa, 257. Josh Reddick, 238. That was their averages this season compared to last year they all danced around 275 and up
1: you don't say so wow
0: yeah I mean they're gonna get smoked <laughs> I mean I mean they suck it's gonna be it's beautiful. pretty simple they suck the twins are really good I mean it's
1: if they were That's to stand it. a chance well, hold on. what would, what would need let
0: different? me let me just I want to add some stats that I that are very interesting about the twins you didn't even bring up Nelson Cruz. 16 home runs. No, I did. Three I three. brought him
1: kid. I said the ageless Nelson oh. Cruz. I didn't get to the stats part, Oops. but I brought him up.
0: You said Eddie Rosario, 13 home runs, 250. Jorge Polanco, 258. Byron Buxton, big bounce back season. Boom. Yep, that's right. That's the guy. 13 home runs. I mean, they're like the Yankees. They're stacked from one to nine. Like, Even their role guys are good. Like... Marwin Gonzalez, and eh, maybe not so much. Anyway, um, I mean they're just they're just fucking good. They're just fucking good. And yeah. um,
1: and it, I think I think uh, Maeta wants some blood after that seventeen yeah, Series and he's where he's been he killing got it, Six and ring,
0: one, so. 2.7 ERA. Like,
1: yeah, he's been shit. awesome. I'm I'm happy for him. It. Yeah, it's yeah, it's totally. he's, it kind of sucks for the Dodgers because like damn, they could have used him as yeah, a three, but yeah. here we are. Um, uh, what's your prediction?
0: Oh, I th- I think it I think it's the Twins sweep. I mean, it's yeah. I. What what are we even talking about? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. it, the Astros are so bad; they've been exposed. I love that they suck. I don't know who pitches the game to for them. Um,
1: Flamberg Flores or whatever. yeah,
0: I I think that the Twins are like. I mean, we were talking about it when we, we were texting about it all week about like who we wanted to be our matchup, if. For some reason, we were get to get the two seed, which, unfortunately, we, we did. I don't think it's any um, secret. Me and Julio talked about it last podcast. We were very open about how we wanted to be the three seed so we could match up against the shitty Astros, which I think are the worst team in the American League playoff side. Um, we were like, I just hope it's not the Twins. Like, like White Sox, maybe I could deal with uh, the uh, – what was the other central team? Uh, the, 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 Indian, or, yeah, the Indians, they would suck – but the twins, they're just hitting so well, like that would definitely be the most fearful. Um yeah, I don't think it's close. I think it's I think it's blowout for for game one and two. Oh
1: no, you meant well, I would want to see the and either actually either team. I don't want to see so either, we kinda either kinda got of them, looked but, out.
0: But but uh the twins kinda like they're just like their star power that they have on the offensive side would have been very scary. Um Alright, so let's go. What was your what was your pick?
1: Oh I'm t- I'm t- I'm with you the twins and two just yeah, there, yeah. uh, made, I think it's just going to be lights out. And then even if the, number, whoever's going to pitch the second day for the twins, yeah. that offense is going to pick up for them. So it's the moment everybody's been waiting for though. So we've been oh, hanging out with us for, we, we got a's hosting the Chicago white Sox.
0: Wasn't the matchup we exactly wanted Julio, but, uh, it's what we got. And, um, we're going to have to deal with it. Uh, one step at a time, I guess. Um, yeah. Playing both games in Oakland, thank God, pitchers' ballpark. Um, we haven't heard exactly yet. We'll probably hear tomorrow at a press conference that Bob Melvin's having. But I would assume, based on the the time in which these pitchers pitched this past week, it'll be Lazardo game one, and then Bassett game two, and then if if there's a game three, Manaya game three because Lazardo came in an appearance in on uh, on. Um, Thursday night guess the Dodgers. And then Bassett started Friday night, and then Manaya came in in an appearance in a game on Saturday. So that's kind of what we're predicting. Um, White Sox team that we've been talking a lot about, um, me and Julio and my buddy Idris talked about it in my personal podcast, The Magic Hour, um, in a betting ep- episode podcast about the White Sox and how we thought that they were a good futures um, bet for the World Series because they had really high odds um, and they're a really talented young team that they've just been stacking talent for the past five years through trades and it's finally come up. Um, they are scary. They are scary. But um, if we can if Bob Melvin can in my opinion arrange the batting order to where the hot guys are hitting the hot guys, meaning Canna, uh, Grossman, Murphy, Piscotti, um, Lestella. and La If those guys are hitting at the top of the lineup when runners are on, we can be successful. But when you put Matt Olsen, who has been as cold as can be, hitting fourth, and every time he comes to the bat, there's two guys on and he strikes out, it's counterproductive. Um. If I, if I look at the lineup on on Tuesday and I see Matt Olson hitting fourth behind La Stella, Laureano, and like let's say Canna, I'm gonna be fucking pissed because I know that those or, or Grossman, I know that those guys are gonna get on and I know that he's gonna strike out or fly out. I'm gonna be I am gonna be fucking pissed.
1: You're very much uh, Billy Bean conflicting with Art Howe about um, Carlos Pena and Scott Hatterberg yes. right now. Yes. You ready to hear some numbers?
0: Yeah, Julio. So let's do a, a stat attack. This is a, this is a newest attack. segment that we're calling <laughs> stat attack. It's when Julio looks up a bunch of stats and he fires them at us really quick with a bunch of numbers and a bunch of stats. That'll paint us a picture before we get deeper into the analysis of this matchup as a whole. So Julio, start firing them off.
1: Attack time. All right, first off, game one and two on Tuesday and Wednesday are both 12 p.m. games, which, if you don't know, that's during the day, the day, and it's going to be a day game. Home day game record for the A's, 11 and 6. They have a 647 win percentage. That's really mm-hmm. good. That's fantastic. We love to hear that. Uh, the run differential is they've scored 79 runs, allowed 67 runs. Um, I'm assuming that last series against the Giants, when the Giants picked up twelve runs that Saturday game or Sunday game. Didn't help this. But I don't think that's something too much to know about. Chris Bassett, our projected probably game one game starter, starter. Our hero. Or he will be oh I'm sorry, game two. Actually let me go back with his yeah. starter then. Our game one probably. starter. Our our rookie of the year. Uh he's had two two day game starts. One against the Astros, one against the Giants. Uh he lasted eleven point two innings combined and this is all combined numbers, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, Eleven innings, are here we go. Eleven point two innings, twelve strikeouts, two walks, two earned runs. He was two and zero in those starts. Or the A's were two and zero. Great signs. Bigger numbers. The last three starts, Lazardo has pitched combined seventeen point two innings, six earned runs, twenty one strikeouts. He's given up one walk, and these are two and one in that game. This okay. does not include the Dodgers. Relief appearance, this is just a okay. starts. Good sign. Bassett, probable game Six certain
0: runs is a little bit concerning, but...
1: It's it's a uh, over three starts yeah, yeah. still. Two runs yeah. a start, but I believe there was a game where he kind of shit the bet a little bit. I, had to, I don't have the exact name okay. in front of me. Bassett, game two projected starter. He's had two day game starts against the Angels. Uh, innings are 9.2 innings. Because of uh, his first start against the Angels, he only went four. I think this is before we realized what he could have been, mm-hmm. kind of thing, and didn't really give him the leverage for it. Uh, Eleven strikeouts, three walks, two earned runs, and the A's are one and one in two earned runs. Oh, here, oh, oh, no, Chris, I haven't, I haven't finished. Get ready. Last three starts, nineteen point two innings, one what run, the fuck? five, five walks. 21 strikeouts. (laughs) These are 3-0 in his last three starts. So, that's your key to winning. Now, I got some stuff, notes on the White Sox. I didn't bring up specific. I don't want to get too specific with the offensive stuff with both teams because I think we know so much about the A's we can riff about it. And with the White Sox, I'll just give you this line. They score a shit ton, but they strike out a shit ton, and they walk very little. So that's a very big thing. They're not afraid to swing at anything. So when you have two guys like Bassett and Lazardo, who can rack up 10 plus Ks in a start, don't be afraid to just throw your junk in the based, dirt. See based what they on can those take stats kind
0: of you just threw out, I mean, Lazardo and Bassett haven't been walking that many
1: guys. Yeah. And if you have a team who's is so excited to hit the shit out of the ball, there you go. But there's a downside. Mm-hmm. And I think this will affect us if we make it to Game Three. Um, the White Sox are twenty and O against lefties this year.
0: But here's the thing: so I brought this Start. up when when you told me that. I brought this up in our group chat. I looked up st- like premier starters in the American League Central. Ten lefties. One of them, one of the top ten, are lefties, and the one is Tyler Boyd, uh, who plays for the Detroit Tigers. So I'm just saying like he could be slinging it one day but because it's the Tigers they score one run so all you got to do is score two runs so those that stat is very general and it could be a little flawed they have they have let's just say they have not seen two lefties like Lazardo and Mania in the entire season so that's going to be a little bit of a shocker for them I
1: think Okay actually I didn't think about that you kind of changed my mind a little bit from what I was thinking, if we get mm-hmm. to that point, uh, they've played seven road day games, and they are three and four in those in those Didn't games. During their runs scored, so they've actually outscored their opponents during that time. So it's thirty-four runs they've allowed twenty-seven mm-hmm. runs. So what that tells you is the games that they did win, they won by a lot our projected game 1 game 2 starters is going to be Lucas Gilito game 1. We don't really need to say much Very about good. him. The guy won uh through a perfect game. He was a All-Star last year. He was a Cy Young finalist. Uh but how's he been on the road? He's pitched 3 games on the road. Our road day game starts. Mm-hmm. 18 innings, 5 walks, 26 strikeouts, 2 earned runs. The White Sox are 2 and 1 in those games. They have 2 wins against um uh, or two one against those games. His last three starts though, uh, he's pitched seventeen point two innings, eight earned runs, twenty two strikeouts, ten. Eight earned runs. runs? That's a lot. The, so- yeah, uh, the ten walks. So that's uh, yeah, so that's a little. It's not a lot, but for him, that's a little less than three runs a but game. But for a team like the, the A's, A's are- who have
0: guys who are very patient, like Mark Canna and Stephen Piscotty, that that walk a lot, like that's good for us.
1: Absolutely, big time. But the, A's, or the Sox went 1-2 and two in his last three starts. Dallas Keuchel, our old friend from Houston, the cheater team. Uh, his road starts, he's pitched two games, 11 innings total, two walks, five strikeouts, one and run. And the White Sox are 1-1 one one in both games. In the last three starts, he's pitched 15 innings, one and run, 12 strikeouts, five walks. The White Sox are 2-1. So 15 innings, the longevity is not there. If there will be a game three starter, it would be either uh, Dylan Cease or Dane Dunning. Who are, Dane Dunning's pretty solid as a rookie, but again, uh, it's the rookie who's been pretty inconsistent. Same thing with Dane Dun- uh, Dylan mm-hmm. Cease. But if you're gonna, I was thinking, I think now that you brought up that point again about who their lefties they faced in that division are. I was kind of steering away from the Mania and throwing in fires instead for the game three if it gets there. But you've kind of convinced me more. To- that's just
0: of that's just of the top tier pitchers in the American League Central. I didn't look at the yeah. National League Central, but in the American League Central of the top ten pitchers there's only one that's a lefty and that was Tyler Boyd. Who again plays for like probably the shittiest team in the league so no not much run support there um yeah uh again like those, those stats are very i mean that's a very general stat so you don't really see things like that um i yeah i i would i mean i, I we could look up the the nl central top tier pitchers to see like what um what uh um uh, what lefties top tier lefties they've they've faced on that end but um none really stood out to me when I was looking personally um
1: yeah because what Bowers a righty Corbin Burns is right at uh, righty as well I think yeah
0: let's see I mean All right, we'll Aaron get, well, Nola oh no he's east what the hell yeah. he's in the east yeah I mean like I'm just I'm not seeing it man uh they, the, these will be the two best lefties that they've seen John lesser <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't have a pickoff move yeah sure um yeah. these will be the two best lefties that they've seen all season so that's ju- I mean that's just that's a game changer right there I think I I, I already yeah, kind of said my keys to the game you, it's the timely hitting and placing people in the in the order in the right spots we haven't been doing that we gotta start doing that and it starts at the top
1: I think yeah my Biggest keys for the A's that won the series, um, patience, patience, yeah. patience, patience. We've seen in these last few starts from the numbers I've just read off, uh, Keuchel and Giolito can be inconsistent. And the A's have actually, yes, we've talked about it, they're not a great average team, but they're still a pretty good on-base percentage team because they walk. They're right there in the American League top five, and when it comes to just getting on base through walks, so. Don't be afraid to play some small ball against this team despite the gigantous bats they have with Jose O'Breyu and Edwin Encarnacion, Tim Anderson, Juan Makata, Luis Ruiz. They have all these stars over there, and don't get distracted by that because they haven't faced really a lefties, like Chris has said, that we've faced, and they strike out a lot. And thankfully, these one-two guys are about to throw out there, we'll get guys out. They will get them by, by the strike. So don't be afraid to throw something in the dirt, something a little bit high. Cause the odds are outside of Tim Anderson, who I think batted like two fifty something in the season, they're going to chase it. So don't be afraid to throw it out there and see what they chase at.
0: This is going to be a lot of guys in their lineups. First ever playoff game too. Um, we've been there at this point, two wildcard games in, we've been there. We've seen it. we we should be able to handle it. And, you know, some other guys on the team, even more, Piscotti's seen, you know, who knows how many playoff games. I can't, I mean, off the top of my head. Tom, Tommy LaStella won a World Series. Yeah, Tommy LaStella. I mean, it, Well, what would be your ideal, based on the based on the walking stats that you just showed me um, about how often their pitchers walk, what would your be ideal, like? because it's kind of changed my mind a little bit, what would be our, your ideal one through five batting order?
1: Probably Estelle leadoff, Simeon two, three, three probably Grossman four would be Canna, and then five Olson. See
0: for me, it would be Marcus one. I think Marcus has been. I think leadoff is where he's comfortable. Even though the numbers don't show it this season, but like he's been our leadoff hitter for five years. So like I would r re- I would feel more comfortable with him up there. Lastella too, because I think he's probably our most patient hitter. So him with runner a runner on I think is a success is a um a recipe for success. Piscotti three, can of four. Um and then I think I would go yeah, I mean, I guess Olsen 5 just because of the power and then Loreano 6, but I want I want Piscotti's like the veteran who I think can handle big moments like that. So I'd rather have him at that 3 hole with with runners on personally. Um and then let Canna, who's been the most patient hitter, go 4 um and see what he can do with that spot. Um Yeah, I don't know. I I'm confident though. I'm pretty confident. I think go ahead.
1: I was going to say, do you feel more confident than you were at the start of the day when you first learned?
0: Yes. At, but after the stat attack, I feel a lot more confident.
1: My job's been done. Yeah.
0: Uh, so I'm going to say A's and three just to give the White Sox their modest due because they did play really well this year. But um, yeah, if they start striking out a lot, then I feel a lot better. Um and we got to score early too. If we can get runs on the board early, they'll they'll get some confidence and whatnot, and they'll feed off of that. What do you got?
1: We're in the same boat. I'm going A's and three. Um, I think they... I wouldn't be shocked if... Okay, that lefty stat is something that, it, again, we probably shouldn't look too much into it because you're all right. They haven't played too yeah. much good starting pitching. Um, but it's something you probably shouldn't ignore because that's a pretty interesting stat overall. Mm-hmm. And... uh I think we're probably going to have to rely on the guy that kind of really lit it up today with Frankie Montas and striking out 10 in relief for the A's against the Mariners. So I think he's, I can see him playing a big factor if either game one or game three kind of goes a little askew, have him come in and kind of clean it up for them. Or maybe, oh, Mike Miner's also lefty, so that wouldn't help. But that's also what we wanted last year or yeah. last week when we talked about like this could be somebody who See, could clean up if we need him to.
0: See, the bullpen's one thing I'm not worried about. So if we get a lead early and we we have a lead going into like the 5th and 6th, I'm not worried because our bullpen's just been so fucking lights out. And the stat that I shared with you earlier this week that actually kind of backfired. Every time Liam Hendricks pitches in a game, the A's are 22 and 1. So this season, so like as long as we can get him into the game, I have confidence. But like, if we just got to get to the fifth or sixth, and then you know we get Petit out there, and then we get Deekman out there, or Soria out there, or Wendelkin out there, and I, I just feel confident. I feel confident with that. It's it, and I I feel confident with the starters because they're all pretty. Except for Lazardo, he's kind of like dipping down a little bit, but they're all really hot going into the playoffs. Um. At least the three that we think are probable it's it's just the fucking hitting the offense that worries me because it's not been timely lately, and we keep stranding guys, and I can't say it enough I've said it like fucking twenty times in the past ten minutes, but it's just it's something that's really bothering me It's really bothering me
1: now there's gonna be a couple names you should probably keep an eye out for, yeah, when the bullpen eventually comes in, one is alex umbumb uh Alex Klomb. Uh, it's veteran in the league. He's been around for a while. He had played with the Mariners, the Rays, and he's been at the White Sox the last couple years. He's been pretty lights out as a closer. Uh, he's got a point one or eight, one ERA, uh, it's 12 saves. So if the game gets into his hands, we could be in trouble. Another name, uh, that we should probably keep an eye out on is actually a rookie, who just made it in time for their uh, making it to the playoff roster by the name of Garrett Crochet. Now he's only pitched in five, five games, six innings, but he's accumulated eight strikeouts. He hasn't given up a run yet and he's got a 0. 0.500 whip. A um, couple of names to keep up for, but the rest of the bullpen is pretty well comparing it to the A's bullpen. is pretty pedestrian. But if there's going to be a way for the White Sox to really hold stuff down, it's going to be through those two guys in the back of the pen.
0: I mean, Cody Hewer looks pretty good on paper too, and then um, Evan Marshall. But yeah, I mean, I, I again, I'm I'm just so confident. I'm really confident with our with our um, with our bullpen that I if if we have a lead going, you know, going in with the bullpen, I'm I'm pretty. I'm I'm not too worried about it, you know?
1: Hendricks, 1.7 ERA. Wendelkin, 1.8. Yeah. Soria, 2.8. 1.6. Trevino, 3.8. Diekman, 0. 0.42. Weems, yeah. it's 0.42? I didn't know it was that low. Holy shit. Diekman's he's the Diekman.
0: Yeah. All right, folks. That is going to do it probably for this town tailgate podcast unless you have any last remarks julio
1: yeah both games are on at 12 they're gonna be uh, on espn by the way as well so find a way to get out of whatever you're doing and watch those games that Make was sure. a,
0: he, that was a little subtle rub in my face because i'm gonna be on set working both days so it's gonna think about it but- ask for me to watch the game i'll probably have to be listening in my airpod on my phone the entire day there,
1: you gotta do what you gotta do, but honestly, yeah, I I think after us talking about it, I feel better.
0: Yeah, definitely. the st- the stat attack the stat attack worked on me for sure. I hope it, I hope it worked on the listeners, and I hope it works on the A's. Uh, that'll do it for this episode, special episode of the Town Tailgate Podcast. That was the playoff preview. Look out for the playoffs again. Uh, day th- two, Wednesday, September thirtieth, is gonna be probably the greatest day in the history of Major League Baseball because there's gonna be eight playoff games on. There will be multiple simultaneous, simultaneous games going on, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, but the playoffs start on Tuesday, wildcard round, September 29th. They go till Friday, October 2nd. And then the uh, divisional round is expected to start on uh, Monday, the 5th. So look out for that.
1: So um, we haven't really discussed this yet, but we won't be doing a Wednesday episode, my assumption, correct? Yes, uh, if we when we do record our next episode, win or lose, we'll probably be like next Sunday again. So let's will Sunday keep or Friday out.
0: or Friday night. We'll we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll tweet we'll, it out. We'll tweet it out. We'll tweet it
1: out. Yeah, and, and if you're somebody in our family, we'll text you.
0: Yeah, that too. Um. All right. So uh, let's pack up this gear and let's head into our playoff game. Um, that we're not allowed to go to, aka we'll walk over to our living room and watch the game. Thank you for listening. And last but not least, Julio.
1: Let's go Oakland. Peace.
0: The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy. Chris Madrigal (laughs) and my partner in crime Julio Reynoso it is sound mixed and edited by yours truly social media management and marketing is run by once again my partner Julio Reynoso and a special thanks and shout out to my brother Larry Madrigal for composing and producing our theme song as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.